The year was 1977, and Bruce Lee is still dead. However, that doesn't stop callous Hong Kong film producers from cashing in on his name and image. Which brings us to the film we're about to watch tonight. It's part two and the finale of our Bruce Ploitation series. It is the incredibly distasteful The Dragon Lives Again, a.k.a. Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, a.k.a. Lee San Zhou Wai Jian Di Yu Men, a.k.a. Bruce Lee Goes to Hell. It's that my video! Here's a movie that you never seen. The map is some ninjas or a crazy death machine. There'll be smiles, there'll be tears. You won't watch a movie for about eight billion years. It's time for death by video. Time for death by video. And now the show will begin. Woo! I'm Phil. I'm Kit. And I'm Graham, and we're back. We're back in person. We're back recording again. Uh, it's a good very, feeling. Yes, it's good to be back in the Cave of Cinema here at the Abandoned Video Store off of Highway 7, south of Newmarket, east of Barrie, and then uh, west of, uh, of Mississauga. All right, guys. So before we get into the film, have we seen anything interesting since we last recorded? Phil. Yes. So as part of uh, Neon Streams, uh, they they were like cluing. It's like, oh, we're going to pick a skateboard. And everyone was like, Gleaming the Cube? No. Uh, it's, like, it's like, obviously, it was not Gleaming the Cube based on the clues. I'm like, oh, I hope it's thrashing. And sure enough, it was thrashing because I'd never seen it, it with uh, Josh Brolin and uh, Pamela Gidley, who the late Pamela Gidley, who... Um, Lynch heads might know as uh, Teresa Banks from Twin Peaks Firewalk. Oh, know. nice. Yeah. Uh, Sherwin Fenn has a supporting role. Like the Josh Brolin role was supposed to go to Johnny Depp because like him and um, Sherwin Fenn were an item at the time, but the producers did not like Johnny Depp. So uh, they Who went with does? Just, yeah, Exactly. Except in Ed Wood. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was like 1986. So like jo- Johnny Depp was like an up and comer. I guess he had just done like Platoon and stuff. And. Oh, I always forget he's in Platoon. Yeah. But yeah, Thrashing is a uh, a gem of a uh, skateboard movie. Also, uh, Robert Rusler from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Oh, nice. As the nemesis. Really? Good to see him getting some work. Yeah. Well, this was 1986, so he was still working. Cool. Anything else, Phil? Uh, I, saw, I saw The New Kids, an early oh. James Spader role. I like that movie quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. That's with Sean Aunt, S. Cunningham, yeah. Yeah, with Aunt Laurie from uh, Full Aunt House. Becky. Aunt Becky, sorry. Laurie is her real name, right? Laurie Laughlin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Didn't she go to jail for... She did go to jail know, for like a week. Um, yeah, for the whole admission scandal. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, Sean S. Cunningham, uh, James Spader with uh, bleached blonde eyebrows to match his bleached blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, no, I've seen that film. It's good. I like it because it's just one of those things where it's like... It's, again, it's one of those things where it's like, this can't possibly be real. And it isn't, but it's still great. It's that 80s thing of like, yes, there could be a town where James Spader as a teenager is the leader of a gang of psychopaths. Yeah. Yeah. Awesomeness. Anything else, Phil? Uh, I just watched, um, as the Criterion, the Criterion channel just launched uh, their block of neo-noirs. Mm-hmm. And almost everything's on there is a classic, but I've seen most of them like a few times over but there are a few that i've never gotten around to watching and one of those movies was the last seduction mm-hmm. with linda fiorentino who sadly has fallen off the face of the earth after yeah. 2000 
Well, I mean, her last, the last role that she was in that I remember was uh, Men Dogma? in Black. Oh, or, yeah, Dogma. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because it was Men in Black and then Dogma, and then she was basically gone. She was gone, yeah. yeah. Like, she did, like, two movies that were straight to video, like, after 2000. And... Mm-hmm. Apparently, the, the rumor was that she was not a nice person to work with. I'm sure. And that could have, yeah. uh, could have sunk her career. Wasn't she also in uh, uh, Scorsese's... Um, after Hours? Yes. She was not After yeah, Hours, yeah. 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 That was an early role, and then she like dropped out of acting in the late eighties, and then came back in the early nineties. As per Wikipedia, there was a movie executive who was just saying like, "Hey, you got a great ass, you need to show it off more." And she didn't want to deal with that shit in the eighties, and uh, yeah, but she's wow. like, "Oh, I need the money. I guess I can go back to acting." So, hmm. but yeah, that's a key. That was a key role for her in the Last Seduction. Her performance in that uh, it has it has like a weird kind of off kilter comedy tone, like the. The film score is kind of off-brand Twin Peaks. Interesting. Uh, Peter Berg has a supporting role. Peter Berg. Peter Berg. Oh, Peter Berg. <laughs> yeah, back when he was still acting mm-hmm. in movies. We've mentioned this because I think I mentioned Shocker on the podcast before. Oh, yes. Yeah. Back before he was directing. Back before yes. Swingers. Directing Mark Wahlberg movies. Mm-hmm. That no one watches. Yeah. Although I, I did watch Lone Survivor in the theater. That was okay. I mean, it went a little... Um, Red Scorpion towards the end, but it was good. Red Scorpion's the Dolph Lundgren movie? Yes, the Dolph Lundgren movie. Shot in apartheid South Africa? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I'm watching, I'm like, wow, how come this movie doesn't have a better, like, uh, uh, it uh, reputation? And then I look at it, I'm like, oh. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Even though the whole movie is about, like, uh, a Russian soldier going rogue and protecting a, an African village, from what I recall. Anyways, it's been a long time. Cool. All right. So, Phil, uh, is there anything else on your list? Or... I think that's it. It's been pretty spotty, my movie watching, mm-hmm. in the last, in the last little few while. Weeks, yeah. Cool. All right, Kit, what have you seen since we last recorded? Uh, same here uh, for movies. Been a, been a little spotty. I've been uh, Mostly I've been watching, like, The Queen's Gambit on, on Netflix. Very cool. Which is just about how drugs give you super chest powers, as far as I can tell. <laughs> it's actually fun. I, I do enjoy it. Um... Also, uh, the f- fifth season of Castlevania is really solid if you like that kind of shit. Um, let's see. What did I watch? Um, I watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark just because I had it bookmarked on my Prime and I thought I was getting rid of it uh, Prime, but then I forgot to mm-hmm. uh, unsubscribe. So I got another month of it. But yeah. uh, I did watch Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark because I used to read those books. Uh, very uh, Not exactly those books, very similar books. I think mine were called The Scariest Stories You've Ever Heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if you guys remember those. Like, little, little... Oh, yeah, I, I owned all three of the original Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. They were, at least the ones that I had, I had two of them. And they were surprisingly scary. We're dealing with like murder and like just smushed kids coming back to life to crawl and and scrape their fingernails on the door. And it's like, man, that is really kind of scary for for kids. Yeah, there's the hook on the door. There's like there are a couple jokey ones like the Viper, who's just the window washer. That's a <laughs> He's just a Slavic man hmm. who wants to... The Viper. The Viper, yes. That's, that's still scary. Slavic yeah. men. No, the the most iconic one, I think, from the original volume is, like, the girl who wakes up with a zit, but it's not a zit. It's a nest of baby spiders. Oh. Yes, and that, that, that does actually make it into the movie. Um, and that's kind of what I was looking for was just, like, an anthology movie of... And the imagery looked good. Like, the imagery that I'd seen from the movie looked like, oh, like, they're going for it. This looks like a... 
a hard PG-13 type film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, they fall into the, the um, Stranger Things trap where we've got to have like uh, a group of a gang of kids. It's got to be nostalgia filled. It's got to have an overarching plot where they kind of the anthologies are coming to life. And I don't know. Kind of like the Goosebumps movie. I never saw the Goosebumps movie. Was it like that? The Fear Street reboot that's happening. I'm so looking forward to that. The only thing that makes me think that that might be okay is because they're all rated R, and they're very proud of this. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one dropped on Friday. I'm going to watch it probably tonight. Yeah, Fear Street 1994. Yeah. Yeah. Also featuring uh, Jillian Jacobs. I never never read the Fear Street books, though. Neither did I. You were a Christopher Pike kid, weren't you? Um, I, I was more, I was like, um, uh, uh, my alien, uh, my, my teacher is an alien. My, oh, I remember my that. My teacher grows yeah, in the dark. Yeah. yeah. My teacher fried my brains. Oh yeah. Classics. Yeah. Classics. Oh, I love all those. Yeah. I was a Goosebumps Hardy Boys. My teacher is a, is an alien. I, I so, read some Hardy Boys for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um. The, the nineties Hardy Boys where they were like hip and edgy and rode skateboards. I, I had the young Indiana Jones, uh, anthology mm-hmm. series. It's like seven books or something. Cool. Anything um, else? Yeah, I, I watched Your Next. Finally, yes, got around. One to of that. my favorites. I love that by Adam Wingard. I watched uh, another Adam Wingard movie last night, actually, which we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, less of an invasion horror movie than I. Th- I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was going to be like The Strangers, but it wasn't quite like that. No. Uh, it the um, way more over the top. <laughs> it, it is over the top, and it def- definitely turns into like a rated R. Uh, Home Alone mm-hmm. towards the end, where she's just like setting booby traps and stuff like that. Yeah. And, it's like okay, but it's still it's fun altogether, and of course mm-hmm. Barbara Crampton always nice to see her. Yeah, uh, and then finally I watched uh, because it was leaving Prime Mission Impossible Three. Ooh, um, hadn't seen it since it's like near its released, like uh, on DVD when it was first released on DVD, and I haven't seen it since then. Mm-hmm. It's fine, J.J. Abrams, so like the action's a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's action and there's great set pieces, like the one where he he goes to um, I think it's Shanghai and he has to like swing himself onto the top of that tower like that's kind of a cool scene but whenever we get to straight action it's it's a lot of quick cuts and shaky camera and stuff like mm-hmm. that and it's like i can't tell what's going on um but this the film is really cool for uh, philip seymour hoffman's performance yeah um because not only is he like you know he plays a really good villain like just a stone-hearted uh ruthless villain uh who's, who gets screamy but is usually pretty quiet mm-hmm. um uh, sort of like he's like a Hans Gruber type. Yeah. Um, but there is a scene where uh, Tom Cruise, you know, knocks him out and then has mm-hmm. to disguise himself as Philip Seymour Hoffman. So for a small period of the film, Philip Seymour Hoffman is playing Tom Cruise disguised as Philip Seymour Hoffman, and it's just fun to see. Nice. <laughs> and he does a good job of it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, hats off to Philip Seymour Hoffman for that role. Um, man, whatever happened to Maggie Q? She just. She got stuck doing that uh, La Femme Nikita reboot ah. uh, that was in shot in Toronto for that years her and years. No, I just think it kind of like that just is what she did for a while, and who knows what's going on now. Oh, okay. So it'd be good to see Maggie Q come back. Yeah, um, yeah she's a good action star. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen Mission Impossible 3 since, like, I think I watched, the only time I saw it was the CBC TV version. Uh, which they played like on like CBC like Saturday night, like summer movies or something like back ten years ago or something. It's it's the one where Tom Cruise learns that he can't have a love life. But then he can. But but then I think in the fourth one you find out right away that oh yeah that that it didn't work marriage out. Yeah. is over. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Michelle be- Monaghan was like I was kidnapped and almost killed by uh, because mm-hmm. of your job I don't think I want to yeah do that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything else, Kit? 
Uh, that's about it. Cool. All right, I'll go through mine quickly. So I watched uh, Perdita Durango, a.k.a. Dance with the Devil. Uh, it was crap. Don't watch it. Um, despite what people say, uh, it's not good. Um, then I watched Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which I enjoyed quite a bit, which is probably, I think, out of all the... That's the one Russ Meyer movie. Not that I've seen all of his films, but I remember, like, Showcase used to show them a bunch, so I'd always see bits oh, and yeah, pieces of them. That, yeah. But uh, this is one of his that I hadn't seen from, like, his quote-unquote golden period. And it was quite good. It was enjoyable. It was definitely, like, a melodrama. And I miss melodrama because melodrama can just go nuts. And this movie definitely went nuts with a, a guy who thought he was Superman or Superwoman or something. Yeah, the first time I saw it was on Showcase in, like, the late 90s. Like, yeah. oh, I get these Austin Powers references now. Yeah, yeah. It's very much an influence on Austin Powers. Almost as much as... Blow uh, up. Or Our Man Flint or uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. Um, then I watched The Boys from County Hell, which is an Irish film uh, about a bunch of guys in a small Irish town who, have to deal, who has to deal with something that inspired the legends of vampires. Uh, it was really good. There's a really great scene where, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, they're describing the thing that could be a vampire, and it's old and it's got dark, rotted skin. So they do what characters don't do in movies where they encounter vampires. They actually call the police to like get them to go looking for it. It's like, oh, so there's this shifty fella in town, and the lo- the local police officer's like, really? Did he do anything? He's like, no, he just he, he's just very shifty looking. Okay, can you describe what he, how he looks? He's like, oh, he's about six feet tall. Okay, skinny. All right. He, uh, he has dark skin, and the cop is like, hey, that is not a crime. We are an inclusive community. We support <laughs> diversity in Ireland. And he's like, no, 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 no. And like, all of his friends are just looking like, what you use the term dark skin to describe this guy um it's very funny very also shocking and scary and i liked it a lot well you know what they should have done is they should have gone over to trim and gotten (laughs) jimmy bennett yes i know i was thinking about jimmy bennett now i'm like i was actually thinking about jimmy bennett from fatal deviation back in episode whatever um and i miss that guy like i would kind of wish that guy did more work because like if he wasn't the writer and director I think he could have had a good on-screen presence because he seemed like this goofy guy that could just burst out into kung fu. He could have been Ireland's Jackie Chan, even. Ooh. Yeah. We're going to start doing some Jackie Chan on the podcast because God knows we need it. Um, and then the last film I watched, uh, only watched a couple films since we last recorded, uh, was the Adam Wingard film from 2021 that saved cinemas, Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, it's great. I love these movies because... I had no idea he directed that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad that it was a big hit, and I'm also glad that it got people to go to theaters. I'm bummed we I didn't get to see it in a theater because in Canada or in Ontario at least movie theaters are still closed, so I rented it on VOD. But you know what? It was still a fun time, and the best thing about the modern uh, American Godzilla series is you don't need to see six movies beforehand. Like each movie can kind of be its own jumping in thing, and also on top of that, they're under two hours long. You got to see Godzilla, you got to see Kong, and you got to see another su- surprise monster. Um, that is the correct way to go. Peter Jackson. Yes. Your three-hour King Kong movie. <laughs> takes an hour for them to get to Skull Island. No! Yeah. In shot one scene of this movie, Kong's walking around Skull Island, and it cuts to Godzilla blowing stuff up, and it's just like, ah, oh, this is what it should be. And I love Godzilla, so... And it's a good, it's a good fun movie. Uh, Godzilla is portrayed as being more... Less the protector that he was in Godzilla King of the Monsters, which was the previous one, and more just like, I'm here to mess things up and take names. So yeah. All right, so that's the movies we watched. We're going to watch The Dragon Lives Again, and we'll be back to talk about it right after that. If you're looking for more horror outside of the mainstream, look no further than Unsung Horrors, a podcast about underseen horror movies. I'm Lance. 
And I'm Erica. Every other week, we'll cover a horror movie with fewer than 1,000 views on Letterboxd. We'll even give you double feature recommendations to pair with the movies we discuss. From gothic to shot on video, from slashers to comedies, from giallo to J-horror, we'll cover all the subgenres. So join us as we unearth these hidden gems of horror. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Unsung Horrors, available wherever you listen to podcasts. And that was The Dragon Lives Again, a.k.a. Bruce Lee Goes to Hell. It sure was. Yeah, so uh, it's been a while since I watched this movie, and it was a bit of a rough watch to, to get through it. <laughs> um, I don't really know where to begin. I mean, I guess the obvious thing is uh, the movie starts and Bruce Lee is dead. Well, it starts first with like one of those cool, like, uh, they used to do this in kung fu movies all the time, especially the Shaw Brothers, the... Uh, the opening montage with like yeah just kind of like it looks like it's uh set on a stage and they're just going through like oh here's a fight that's gonna happen in the movie and here's blah 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 and here's just everything in kind of miniature it's kind of like the visual equivalent to an overture yes exactly um and then beyond that yeah we're in hell or the underworld as it's called and bruce lee is lying on a slab with a a sheet over him. Well, first we find out that this film is dedicated to the millions who loved Bruce Lee. That's true. Although I'm not sure they'd be happy with this movie. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, this movie is very much a let's cash in on Bruce Lee's like death and notoriety. Um, what else can we talk about here? Uh, yeah, so we find him on a slab uh, pitching a tent. Yeah, so it's it's def- funny the uh, the first question that anyone asks is the as the um, as soon as the opening credits are over and the action actually starts, Phil is like, "Does Bruce Lee have a boner?" Because it really does look like Bruce Lee has a boner. Turns out it's just and you his ask nunchucks. the same question two minutes later. <laughs> yeah, Cause, the exact same wording. Because because the first shot kind of looks like it might just be like an awkward camera angle, and then the second one is like, "No, this confirms it," and then. Someone reaches underneath and it's like, oh, it's nunchucks. That's as clever as this movie gets. <laughs> Other than the... Uh, there, there is a phenomenon with, with dead guys. I learned this from the um, hit HBO series, Six Feet Under. Of uh, It's called Angel Lust, where um, dead guys will get an erection because it's just like the blood has to pool and harden somewhere. and go somewhere. So Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. More <laughs> fun facts with Kit. There's also a plot point in the third act of Clerks. Oh, oh yeah, 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 I forgot about that. Yeah, very much is. Um, what else was I gonna say? So basically, we meet our characters, which is like there's the Lord of the Underworld, and he basically he wears a uh, a fancy kind of beaded curtain hat, which creates sounds every time he walks. And then he has an underling, and for some reason they're concerned that Bruce Lee is there. It's all very confusing. Then they wake up Bruce Lee, and he basically goes out into the underworld to try and. I don't know, exist or find his way back to Earth? Because they do mention Earth as, like, his final point that he wants to go to. Um, And so he goes to a bar where Zatoichi, the blind swordsman, is eating, as well as Kwai Chang Kang and Popeye the Sailor Man are having a a couple drinks in the background. Kwai Kang Chang is the the David Carradine character from Kung Fu. Yep. Yep. Kwai Chang... Now, you you mispronounced it. Now I'm mispronouncing it. Oh, I'm sorry. Kwai Chang Kang, yeah. And... uh, yeah, this whole thing is very, very bizarre. Yeah, um, uh, Clint Eastwood and James Bond walk in. Yeah, they do with the Exorcist or the Godfather, or both. Yeah, there, it's, this is like ninety minutes of copyright infringement, and the and it's it's one of those things where it's like I remember watching it the first time and I was just shocked at all the different characters that showed up, 
And then I think I told you guys all about it, and I'm like, I wish I hadn't because that would probably have made it a much more enjoyable experience. I'm like, wait, what? It's it's Clint Eastwood and it's James Bond and The Godfather and The Exorcist. And I, I love that though that Dracula. they're just like, oh, it's Clint Eastwood, real person, Bruce Lee, real person, and Popeye and Quiet <laughs> <laughs> Chicken. Well, it's supposed to be the man with no name from the Dollars trilogy. Yeah, yeah, I guess I figured that, but they just call him Clint Eastwood in the the dubbing that we. Uh, we That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also Emmanuel shows up, and there's Dracula in it for some reason, with uh, characters called zombies who are just guys in skeleton suits who act like putties from Power Rangers. Yep, they do. Mm-hmm. And okay, let's let's skip way ahead because well, there's, there's a there's whole like lot of some nonsense. Keystone cops show up as well. It's just like a oh, yeah. throwback to a bunch of old film stuff. Mm-hmm. Very much so. But uh, let's let's talk about. So we jump ahead, and basically, the Godfather and uh is the leader of a group of former criminals who are now dead because on earth they were kings but now in the underworld they're not so it's so the godfather clint eastwood the exorcist james bond and emmanuel from the erotic film series emmanuel have all teamed up along and dracula is like a loose affiliate of them zatoichi is also on their side yeah i forgot about zatoichi and then there's also the blind swordsman who kind of is and isn't in the movie at the same time oh there's the one-armed sword sorry the one-armed swordsman yeah yeah zatoichi is the blind is the blind swordsman and so basically bruce lee gets hired by the king to of the underworld to basically be his bodyguard and like fight these guys off and that's what happens like this movie is just like one long setup to a whole bunch of fights in a rock quarry outside of wherever they were shooting this and a bunch of like unnecessary like uh, it's a bunch of naked girls in a hot tub yeah there's a whole lot of (laughs) well the other thing too to remember is that um again like uh, hong kong cinema of this era was incredibly misogynistic so it's like trying to put you know naked babes in any kind of scenario was was encouraged at the time just lengthy hot tub scenes though yeah like the one where i think the emperor is chasing two of the girls yeah why is why is this in the movie yeah, it really didn't add anything to the plot. <laughs> and I don't know, Phil, can you enlighten us on that? Not at all. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Kit, what else is in your notes? Uh, well, there's the the, the one scene um, where Emmanuel is, um, she's, she's having sex with the, the king of the underworld. We should point out that she first tried to seduce Bruce Lee for some reason. Apparently that was part of the plan was we'll, we'll have Emmanuel seduce Bruce Lee. But I don't know why. Well, so to distract him so that the Godfather and the Exorcist could kill him. But they're just standing and watching. Yeah. And then he sees them through a beaded curtain. He's like, hey, you're trying to trick me, you bitch. That's, that is the... Um, In that can- yeah, intonation, <laughs> for sure. Um, and she cries and then he leaves. And it's like, well, he, I mean, he's he was there. Yeah. Why didn't they attack? Yeah, because he, yeah, they even see him and he's like, I know what your trick is. You're trying to get Emmanuel to distract me and I'm just going to walk out this door right now. And they're like, well, I guess she caught us. <laughs> there's even a, mm-hmm. there's a scene where James Bond like pulls out a gun and then uh, Clint Eastwood stops him and he's like, when you're dealing with a punk, you don't need a gun. It's like, oh, okay. Which I guess is an homage <laughs> to Dirty Harry somehow, but not really because Clint Eastwood uses guns quite a bit in Dirty Harry. And in, um, and the, in the, the, the Dollars trilogy, trilogy yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very this is a very strange. But film. um, yeah, so he's having uh, the the uh, the king is having sex with Emmanuel now. Uh, he's he's the other two uh, hot tub ladies that he was married to. He's like, I've dismissed them. Don't worry. Um, and she's he tells her to slow down, but she speeds up. Um, and there's a guy with an abacus there. There's a guy with an abacus there counting the strokes. Counting the friction, yeah. Yeah, and then he like he he's trying to count, and he he finally gives up on the abacus, and he he. 
brings out a calculator. It's yeah. one of the few funny little sight gags. I mean, it's not even funny. It's just so obvious that it made me laugh. Yeah. Um, it's like something out of like a a bad joke from one of the Naked Gun movies. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then um, uh, uh, Bruce Lee comes dressed as Cato for some reason. Yeah, just to fight Dracula. That's right. But yeah. he, he comes uh, to rescue the king and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, she's trying to... She's trying Screw to kill you, you with death. her pussy. That's this is what they say in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> and of course, her plan is thwarted, and he's like, "Well, now you're the new. Uh, uh, this is how he becomes the captain of the king's body." Right, right, right. So then, as Cato goes and confronts Dracula, and who can walk around in the day because this is the underworld, and he fights his minions who they call zombies, but as like buddies from Power Rangers, and he kills Dracula with a kick to the nose. And then basically like mugs him to get some paperwork or something. And isn't that that what that's what he throws at the king? That's the plan. He fi- yeah. I guess that details the plan to kill the king. The king, with sex. death by love. <laughs> Whole nother thing. Uh, and then eventually, there's also some stuff with some like a woman in town and like her grandfather or something. I don't understand. Oh yeah, yeah. vaguely. I- Nothing really happened with yeah. that. Yeah. Sorry, folks. This movie was hard to follow and kind of not it very It doesn't really have a plot. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to follow. And also, the copy we were watching had terrible audio. Terrible audio. And also, the um, the it was very a much a image. cropped image down to 4.3. There was no also... And we mean literally they just cut the ends off. There was no attempt to artistically be like, oh, something's happening on the left side of frame. Let's only show that part. Or something's happening on the right side. It's just literally the center of the frame. So there were a bunch of conversations where you would see like Bruce Lee's nose and then no one else in, sc- in the, on screen. And you're like, hmm, I wonder who he's talking to. And then someone would show up and you're like, oh, it's that person. Also, oddly enough, the bottom, at least the bottom, maybe the top as well, was cut off. Because yeah. like you, you could see the credits were, would mm-hmm. go out of frame. Well, that's that's they actually squeezed the opening credits. Ah. So that's why the opening looked a little distorted. So it's very, again, this movie is... It's hard to watch, and also it's something that will never be released because just of all the copyright infringement. Uh, well, they use little music uh, yeah, they things the, that they can't get away with. The theme from The Godfather, Popeye the Sailor Man, James Bond, uh, A Fistful of Dollars was used. Uh, what else is used in the film? Oh, they use like a couple seconds of uh, kung fu fighting shows up. Ironically, well, there's no kung fu fighting, but it's just sort of like panning up Bruce Lee's corpse. Very bizarre film. Uh, where do we go from there, guys? He kills somebody with the fingers of fury. I, I can't remember who exactly. I think that was that was uh, Clint Eastwood. No, I thought it was the yeah the dude who looks more like Bruce. Kind you thought kind of looked like Bruce. Lee. Oh, oh, right, right. I think actually Graham's correct. I think he beats Clint Eastwood. Yeah, with, with that the fingers because, of fury because the last guy he defeats is the. And Godfather. then they're like, oh, it's over. Mm-hmm. We're good. Yeah, let's celebrate. But then it's like, oh no, The Exorcist, and um. The Godfather, yeah. who is the guy that looks more like, like Bruce, Bruce Lee than, than Bruce Lee in this than, movie, than yeah. Bruce Long does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is very Bruce bizarre. Long. By the way, was in uh, the Clones of Bruce Lee, but not as anybody with a name. No, no, no. Um, the other thing too is that the the uh, the Exorcist in this movie for some reason is French, or he has a French accent, but I don't understand why. I think they just misunderstood uh, whoever was doing the dubbing misunderstood who Max. Whoever Juan dubbed, Cito. yeah, with it, like they got in a French actor to dub Max Vonsito into Cantonese, apparently. So now there's a big epic fight initially just between Bruce Lee and the Exorcist and the oh, and there's mummies too. Well, here's the thing: so he defeats um, the Exorcist and the Godfather mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. Um, and then oh, he's right. like, the... "All right, I've had mm-hmm. enough with the King as well." And okay, so. 
this plot makes no sense. It's uh, revealed early on that the the king of the underworld got his power because he can shake a pillar that causes the earth to shake. That or causes the, the earth to shake. Mm-hmm. Causes earthquakes on a planet. Um, and then he he does this when uh, they're confronted by the uh, the exorcist and the uh, the Godfather at the, near the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, a new guy comes and he's like, the, the king is like, I don't want to be king anymore. I don't want to die. You're the king now. I don't know who this new guy is. Maybe it's the devil. I'm, I was never clear. He does have a yeah. bright red red outfit. cloak. Yeah, and he conjures mummies to appear. Yes, which are just guys wrapped in toilet paper. Yes, and they start fighting, but they're apparently impossible to defeat. And so Bruce Lee needs the help of the one-armed swordsman, Kwai Chang Kane, and Popeye, and an epic fight happens and this is a fight scene that just keeps going and going and going because it ties into the earlier fight between the exorcist and the godfather and bruce lee and it just becomes this epic fight although we do get popeye the sailor man eating spinach out of a can which i don't understand was spinach ever in a can uh, in the popeye cartoons it is yeah so. i don't know there must have been that, that probably during like a wartime era. yeah yeah you get canned, canned spinach because it'll be good for like three years yeah just the idea of non-perishable spinach it's yeah, spinach itself goes bad quick. Like I was it's looking, pretty slimy, yeah. I was looking at buying some spinach like yesterday, but it was like, oh, it goes bad on June 6th. And I'm like, that's Tuesday. Yeah. That's like not soon. And then there was another uh, container of spinach that said goes bad on June 4th, July 4th, which is today. Oh, it's an American Independence Day. By the way, cool. it is the, the 100-year anniversary of the uh, Overlook Hotel yes. uh, July 4th ball. Yep, that uh, Jack Torrance attended yeah, that's cool. and then also showed up later on. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, and then after, uh, our heroes defeat, finally defeat, um, all the, the mummies and the other guy that the prince, the king of hell hires, he just decided, they, he, they're like, he, Bruce Lee tells him like, you're going to like stay in charge and you're going to treat people with respect and you're going to send me home or cause initially he wants to send everybody back to earth. And it's like that that doesn't work. You can't empty out purgatory or the underworld, whatever, or hell, whatever this is, and send them all back to earth. But Bruce Lee just wants to go back. And so like the, the King of hell says, well, I can just send you back. And Bruce Lee's like, sure. Okay. But you have to be better to your people. And he's like, all right, I will, I will. And then he basically says, okay, to to get back, you have to close your eyes. And then he flies back. Yeah. He flies. Yeah. He got, yeah, he he kind of like flings him up in the air, and then he just like floats away, and everybody cheers, and then that's, and that's freeze frame, cut the credits. That's cut to credits. That's our shortest recap of a movie ever. Um, so yeah, let me go through some notes on Bruce Lee goes to hell, aka the dragon lives again. It's no wonder that Bruce Lung was not one of the three clones of Bruce Lee, who he looks themselves did not look very much like Bruce Lee. They looked way more like Bruce Lee than Bruce Lung did. Very much so. I to me, Bruce Lung kind of looks like Bolo Young's younger, non-muscular brother. That's that's correct. That is pretty accurate. Okay, so the, as we were saying, the, the, uh, the film stars Bruce Lung, who, a.k.a. Long Su Lung, uh, as Bruce Lee, his most notable roles outside of The Dragon Lives Again are The Hong Kong Godfather, Bruce Lee D-Day at uh, Macau, The Incredible Kung Fu Master, and Enter the Three Dragons. Oh, 
and The Magnificent Bodyguards, which actually co-starred Jackie Chan. And then he later showed up in Stephen Chow's Kung Fu Hustle, which is a super fun movie from the early 2000s. Um, Lee Lung Shen plays The Godfather, and I have no other notes on him. (laughs) Alexander Grand plays James Bond. He's best known for his appearances in The Clones of Bruce Lee, where he plays Quick Tiger. That's correct, yeah. Uh, Black Belt Jones 2 and The Mighty Peking Man. So he's uh, just hanging around Hong Kong. like Pretty hey, much, yeah. <laughs> I'll be in your movie. Yeah. Um, the character of Emmanuel is played by Jenny. Now, she, the, she has no last name credited, and uh, the IMDb only has this listed as her sole credit. So I'm assuming it's a pseudonym, and I'm guessing that she probably acted in other stuff, but just under a different name. Um, and no one's been able to track it down. Bobby Canavera plays the man with no name, a.k.a. Clint Eastwood. Uh, his best-known role outside of this film was as the character of Pursuing Agent in the original Hawaii Five-O television series. Pursuing Agent. Hai Chang plays Dracula, and he actually appeared with Bruce, the real Bruce Lee in Fist of Fury. Um, Mei Wong plays Zatoichi. He was also in Black Belt Jones 2. Eric Sang plays Popeye. Uh, and he's, out of all the actors in the film, he's the most prolific. He has over 270 on-screen credits. I actually recognized him the most, probably from mm-hmm. one of those Shaw Brothers films I was watching. He did a lot of stuff. Um, and he also works as a producer and a director. Uh, his best-known producing credit is the legendary Jackie Chan film, Drunken Master 2, a.k.a. The Legend of the Drunken Master. He actually had the best screen presence out of anyone yeah, there. He really, I mean, he really got Popeye down. Yeah, he, he hammed it up. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And the film was directed by Chai Lo under the name of Lo K. Um, his best-known directing credit is for the grindhouse kung fu classic, The Crippled Masters, which I think would probably be a much more fun watch than this was. Um, so, guys, I mean, it's it's very early on, but I guess let's go into our final thoughts on <laughs> The Dragon Lives Again. Phil, what are your final thoughts on The Dragon Lives Again? This was a really rough experience. Like, I really didn't like the clones of Bruce Lee, but this was a lot worse. This It was just a real slog to watch. Like, when you described to me, like, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's But it wasn't. And, like, when it finally got to, like, the fight sequences, the long array of fight sequences that make up the last half hour, I guess, mm-hmm. of the movie, it's... I didn't really care anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was what I was actually thinking. I'm like, yeah, I just don't care. Just end it. I, yeah. I, I was just so checked out. And that's it? That's, that's basically that's cool. it. Cool. Well, I remember when we paused the movie at a certain point, like, I felt we'd been watching it for for sure for like an hour and ten minutes. Oh, yeah. That's like, and then oh. it's like, oh, we're only halfway through. And it's like, oh, man, oh. this is going to be a rough go. Yeah, but you you were hiding it really well. They're like, yep, it's only halfway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I was fighting, falling asleep quite a bit. Um, Kit, what are your final thoughts on The Dragon Lives Again? Uh, like, like Phil, uh, this is definitely worse than the clones of Bruce Lee. Um, I don't, the one thing you can ask for from a Kung Fu movie is that good, fun fight choreography. And this didn't really have it. I mean, again, it was, it, a lot of that had to do with the, the weird, uh, copy that we were watching with the bad, uh, yeah, the bad cropping, the bad sound and the bad cropping. Mm-hmm. But also I don't, I just don't think it was choreographed that interestingly, um, uh, nothing, really happens that's that fun i think it was just like the filmmakers are having fun making references this is basically an early version of ready player one yeah yeah it is really (laughs) cool and my final thoughts are yeah this film is not as fun as i remember it being um i think i think just the fact that i didn't know what was coming uh with dracula and popeye and the godfather and emmanuel and 
James Bond and Clint Eastwood and Zatoichi and Kwai Chen Kane. I think that kept me engaged initially, like my, my first viewing, like eight or nine years ago. Uh, but yeah, rough watch. Uh, not so, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what a cleaned up, restored version of this film would do. Because maybe having the extra information on the sides and better sound would help you be engaged. Because like we're not seeing, we're, we're not really seeing m- most of the movie at all. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just rough. But like the storytelling mm-hmm. was incoherent at times. Yeah. Like, I just. Well, no one knew what's going on. Um, but yeah, so that was. They had like three sets. There was like the bathhouse yeah. set. There was the the kind of parlor, like the uh, the street set. And then they went out to the uh, the mountains. The old quarry, the rock yeah, the, quarry. The old quarry. I think there's a fight sequence in the living room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So with all that being said, that was the dragon lives again. Uh, so to make up for this, uh, next week we're going to be watching the real Bruce Lee in uh, a film that I have not seen. It's not Enter the Dragon, it's Way of the Dragon. Way of the Dragon. I'm. Uh, it was Bruce Lee's movie just before he did Enter the Dragon. He, okay. fi- he infamously fights Chuck Norris in that film. So uh, we're going to give that a watch and see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, so for Death by Video. I've been Phil. I've been Kit. And I've been Graham saying thank you so much for listening in. Keep watching amazing movies. Good night. <laughs>